Welcome to the Pinebridge Investment Podcast. I'm Aurelia Sachs, Deputy Head of Client Services, EMEA. Today, we are taking a closer look at Asia High Yield with Arthur Lau, Head of Asia X Japan Fixed Income and Co-Head of Global Emerging Markets Fixed Income. Asia High Yield is a rising asset class in the emerging markets universe, attracting international investors for its competitive yields and other attractive features. Compared to other high-yield markets, Asia high-yield is distinctive in terms of its composition and key drivers of returns. Thank you so much for coming onto this podcast, Arthur. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Let's start with the why. Why should investors, particularly those outside Asia, invest in Asia high-yield? Some are asking if the market is too volatile. We believe Asia high yield adds significant value to global portfolios. If you compare yields, Asia high yield offers highly competitive yields versus U.S. high yield with lower duration. Holding shorter duration bonds in today's environment is important as we believe it helps mitigate interest rate risk, particularly as the Fed has signaled a widening down of bond buying activities amid rising inflation. With careful credit selection, one can find sweet spots across ratings, sectors, and markets. As you know, Asian bonds are still underrepresented in global benchmarks. Therefore, a standalone allocation to Asia high yield is a good way to gain these diversification benefits. We believe the Asian high yield volatility in 2021 was not seen since global financial crisis in 2008 and 2009 due primarily to the Chinese property sector, and therefore not expected to persist. There are signs of stabilization, at the very least, as policy begins to shift, albeit slowly. In addition, the current credit spread levels have assumed excessive default risk, which we do not think is justifiable based on fundamental and technical factors. That being said, we remain cautiously optimistic because we believe there are companies which could survive after this cycle, which are unfairly punished by the market because of the current risk aversion sentiment. With expected default in the Chinese property sector to be lower this year, potential return to Asia high yield is quite attractive compared to previous cycles. Elsewhere, Asia high yield is actually pretty stable. Therefore, we think investors should not ignore uh, this asset class simply because of the situation in the property sector. In your recent 2022 Asia Fixed Income Outlook, you spoke about opportunities in Chinese property bonds. I hope you don't mind me asking, but why are you positive on this segment of the Asian high yield market when recent headlines seems to tell a negative picture? In terms of headline, we have actually seen welcoming signs of policy fine tuning. Beijing's rhetoric seems to have changed somewhat also, saying the continued health of the property sector is important. While we don't think this policy fine-tuning is strong enough to revise the current weak investment sentiment in the sector, that does suggest further tightening in the sector may have relaxed. And of course, there are still no shortage of negative headlines. For instance, 
the physical property transaction in December continue to decline, while the market still needs to work through the default happened in 2021. Meanwhile, we also expect more defaults or distress situations to come in 2022 in view of heavy debt maturing schedule in coming few months. All these will remain overhand at least in the first half of 2022. That being said, we do find current valuation is very attractive as the market continues to assume significant default risks, which do not reflect from the fundamental based on our analysis. We do not mean we should be aggressive in adding risk in this sector, as we are still cautious and defensive. However, we do see opportunities in selective property developers that do not have near-term liquidity or refinancing risk. So the key is credit selection as the market show off names in this sector, regardless of their credit fundamentals. So what do you think some investors are missing when they look at the Chinese high yield bond segment? Besides thorough credit analysis, we think policy directions and focus are important consideration in determining investing in Chinese high yield bonds. While policy direction may drive the risk sentiment and increase volatility in near to medium term, Careful credit selections should enable to pick winners and avoid losers, despite the market volatility. This should actually offer decent returns to patient investors. Take the Chinese property sector as an example. We think as market realizes the policy shift and selective developers continue to perform well fundamentally, opportunities are actually begun to emerge. Aside from selected Chinese property names, where else do you see opportunities for well-compensated risk in the Asia high yield space? Besides Chinese property names, we continue to like selective commodity sectors for strategic holding, while the renewable energy sector is a potential candidate for trading opportunities. Some investors may be turned off by the default risk in Asia high yield. How would you address this concern? First of all, we don't think the default risk in Asia high yield is about the whole asset class. The sharp increase in Asia high yield default last year was mainly due to the surge in default in Chinese property credits. With few heavy index weight issuer defaulting, we think the most sizable defaults should have already been known and reflected. Nevertheless, we do expect more default to occur in, near, in the near term, given the heavy debt maturing a schedule in the sector in coming few months. However, given a much smaller scale and index rating, we expect the default rate to actually decrease to mid single digit this year. So again, credit selection is the key to avoid those potential defaults. Outside Chinese property, we think a Southeast Asian sovereigns may face a potential debt restructuring situation, i.e. default. So it appears to us that thorough uh, credit analysis could avoid most of the potential default. In your view, Arthur, how will the ongoing pandemic, a potential US rate hike, the inflation, the China slowdown and the geopolitical tension affect the outlook for Asian high yield? Given that Asian high yield tends to have shorter duration profile and higher interest rate cushion, they should have less impact from the rising interest rate scenario. We think China's slowdown could potentially become a bigger drag, given that over 50% of Asian high yield are from China. Nevertheless, 
Chinese government has turned more accommodative in monetary support as suggested by the recent reserve requirement ratio cut. We think this risk in near term may be manageable. In terms of the pandemic, we continue to believe government in the region are more prepared, so it should not derail the steady recovery or increase the economic risk. However, recovery in some sectors, such gaming, may be further delayed. I think one other risk investor may need to watch out is the policy risk in China. This is more unpredictable and could introduce significant sell-off in a short period of time, as we have seen from the education, technology, gaming sectors last year. So I believe investors should make sure they have a more diversified portfolio this year. What is your strategy in mitigating these potential risks? Careful credit selections and thorough understanding and appreciation of policy direction would be critical in Asian high yield. We should also pay more attention to the ESG elements because these will offer important indicators how a credit or issuer could operate under a changing environmental or regulatory regimes. Take Chinese issuer as an example, G factor, governance would be an area that investors should put more emphasis as Asian high yield consists of largely privately owned companies. As such, a strong G vector will offer less potential credit risk to investor. And how about your expectations for new issuances this year? I think new issuance overall this year would be flat, but it really depends on the situation in Chinese property. I would expect it is hard for Chinese property issuer to come to the market at least in the first half this year until we see more concrete evidence of improvement in both the physical property transactions and the funding situation for the sector. ESG is now becoming a key criterion for many institutional investors. How does ESG figure in your investment process and how are issuers in Asia responding to the growing demand for ESG and sustainability? PrimeBridge is one of the asset managers that has adopted and integrated the ESG process in our investment process at a very early stage. We incorporated ESG consideration as early as 2015. We have a very decent ESG track record of companies that we cover, which enable us to analyze the development, evolution of the ESG situation of the companies over cycles. We also compare ESG score amongst sector and region so that we would be able to understand and assess whether a company's ESG practice is above or below peers. This is important for us also to evaluate the valuation over cycles. Overall, Asia issuers are aware of the need in this area, although some sectors or sovereigns have done a better job than others. In fact, we have seen a significant growth of green bonds in recent years and expect this trend to continue, especially in view of China's commitment to reach carbon neutrality by 2060. We think some regulators have moved faster than the others in terms of formulating policies, guidelines, and etc., so that corporates could follow, while others are still pretty much work in progress. If you look at new developments or trends in Asia high yield, what are you most excited about? Despite the sharp market movement due to Chinese property sector last year, we actually see a meaningful increase in interest in Asia high yield since late last year as valuation looks really interesting. For instance, we have received more inquiries 
how to invest in the Asia high yield. And in fact, we have received allocation from global asset allocators to invest in this space already. Could you tell us a little bit more about your team? How does the team respond to the rapid changes in the region? And also, what is the key to your zero default track record for Asia X Japan? There is no shortcut to achieve a zero default track record. It is done through thorough and dedicated credit analysis, plus good risk management and control. Our team members have been in this industry for many cycles, so we are experienced, weathering through ups and downs. In fact, some have covered the same sector for over 10 years. We also have regular discussion through various forums within the region and globally in order to make sure we understand the dynamics of each sector in order to size our risk budget and allocation. Our analysis is based on a forward-looking principle which enables us to make proactive investment decisions. Thank you so much, Arthur, for all these insights. To wrap it up, what would be the three takeaways for investing in Asia High Yield in 2022? Number one, careful credit work, no shortcut. Number two, be patient and manage the risk. Number three, partner with a manager that has strong on-the-ground presence. Thank you, Arthur. Well said. To the audience, thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you found it insightful and helpful. For more insights from our investment professionals around the world, please visit pinebridge.com. Thank you.